This morning we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 4. It's good to see all of y'all today. I want to welcome our visitors. Uh, just make yourself at home and hope that you enjoy the service, but more importantly, I hope that you encounter the presence of the Lord today. Uh, that's the most important part. All the things we do are for that reason alone, to, to be in His presence, to let Him be in charge, and to guide us and to direct us and to minister to us as He sees fit. And uh, We don't want to do anything to get in the way of that. We just want to invite Him in. And uh, I ask that right now, before we get into this Word, that, that you just do that, that you... We take a moment as we pray and, and everything that you just take some time and, and just set aside any, any cares that you have in the world for a moment, not trying to minimize them. I know they're big sometimes, but let's just put that aside and let's focus on Him, His goodness, the grace and mercy that has abounded toward you, whether you know it or not, um, all of the blessings that He has put in our lives. Let's just focus on Him for a moment. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, we, we come to you today. We thank you for each and every person that is here, Lord. But more importantly, we thank you for being here, God. We thank you that you're so faithful to meet us when we come together in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. As we think about what you've done for us, it's hard not to be humbled by that. We know we're not deserving, but you love us anyway. So Lord, I just pray that in the next few moments as I share this message that you've given me, I, I pray that you would go before me and prepare each heart and each mind to receive what it is you want to say to them. I truly believe that this is a special time, that this is a an appointed time for a reason, and so... Lord, I just trust you with that. I know there's nothing I can do. I just want to be obedient to you. I want to be a, a vessel for you to use, Lord. And so, Lord, help me to get myself out of the way and, and let you come and do the work you want to do today. I just surrender to you right now. Father, forgive me where I failed you. Cleanse me of any unrighteousness, Lord. And I, I hope that everyone here is, is asking that same thing, Lord, just... Just show us if there's anything wrong in us, Lord, that we could repent and turn away from it. Search us out. See if there's anything wicked in us, Lord. Lord, we, we thank you for your, your faithfulness to forgive when we repent. You're so faithful, Lord. You've never one time turned me away. So, Lord, I, I just want to lift you up today. I lift up the name of Jesus right now. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I pray that you would just move in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Um, we're, gonna, we're not going to read the entire chapter, but we're probably going to touch a lot of parts of this chapter today. Um, this passage is about... And most of you have probably heard mention of this story if you haven't heard the story. Um, it's about this encounter between a woman and Jesus at a well. 
And there's so much here that, you know, you could preach a thousand different messages about this one chapter like you can most chapters of the Bible. But today, I, I just titled this message simple, Come to the Well. And I think as we go through this message that I have for you today that you're going to understand the significance of, of that and, and why that simple ideal, come to the well, is so important. It's so big. So we, we start in verse 1, and it's just kind of laying the, the context around what is happening at this time. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. I want to stop there for a moment because this is very important. There was a direct route through Samaria from Judea to Galilee. And most of the time, more often than not, the Jews completely bypassed that direct route to go around Samaria because they did not like the Samaritans. They couldn't stand them. They thought they were like dogs. They, they considered them to be less than human. Now, y'all, as we just kind of go through this message today, that is so important, and I want you to, to think about people in your life you may know that, and maybe it's yourself. Maybe this is all about you today. I don't know. I can't, I can't project those things onto you, but I want you to be examining what and who it is that God is speaking to you about because there are people in this life that have been cast out. They've been excluded. They've been thrown away as trash. They've been treated like they were worth nothing. And that is how they go about living their life every day. Verse 4 says, But he needed to go through Samaria. In the old King James Version it says, He must needs go through Samaria. It didn't say he had to because that was the only route, but it tells you that there was... There was this pressing matter at hand. There was this thing driving Jesus to not take the route that most Jews would normally take, but to go through Samaria for a reason. He needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's about noon. How many of y'all know it's hot around noon? A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. The woman didn't come to this well to meet Jesus. She came to this well to get water. That's important to hang on to. A woman of Samaria came to draw water is what verse 7 says. Y'all, as you think about your life in the times that God has done something in your life, how many times 
were you sent on a direct mission to do a specific thing, and that's exactly what played out. For me, it's been very seldom. I went about doing something that I I knew I needed to do, and somewhere along the way, I encountered the work of God. I encountered what God was wanting to really do in my life. And so here today we, we see in this story, we see this woman that is going about her daily business of going to get water, and she meets Jesus. She had no intention that day of meeting Jesus. She had no intention that day of meeting a Jew, period. But there he is. Sometimes we'll go somewhere, do a particular thing, and then we meet up with something unexpected, and it changes our course. Let's go down to verse 15. It says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. I know, we made a big jump there. See, there's been a long discussion that you probably need to go back and read. But basically, Jesus says, hey, give me a drink. She says, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. Why do you want me to give you a drink? Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me about the water I have. I would give you water that you'll never thirst again. And then she says, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Hmm. There's a lot going on in this woman's life. Don't you put yourself in her position for a moment. You need, to, you need to ask the question. There is this big question that until you understand kind of the, the practices of, of the time that we're reading about, the, the way things happened in that place, geographically speaking, and in the time that we're talking about, uh, you would say, why is she going at noon? It would have been a lot cooler to go 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, but she waited till noon to go draw water. Why is that? Well, we, we, we get a little insight into who this woman is here in this passage we just read. She's had five husbands. Now that in itself is not the sin. Although it does tell you about how other people may treat her. But who she's with now is not her husband. She's living in sin currently. When she comes to the well and meets Jesus, she is in sin. So Jesus cuts right to the chase. He could have went on this big long a discussion about all kinds of things that didn't pertain to her current situation, but this woman shows up to get water, and she meets someone that wants to do more than just get water. Y'all, there was probably a little bit in her, and that's probably why she was kind of coy with her answers. 
There's something in her probably that says, I really don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to dive into all the problems in my life. And and probably there's been times when you have encountered someone that God has put into your life that's begun to dig in a little bit and you had that little bit of resistance that says, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get into all that. I don't want to bring all that to the top. But Jesus knows how to say the right thing at the right time. You know there had to be a question in her mind that says, why are you bringing this up? If you know that, you know I'm here this time of day because I'm trying to avoid people. If you know all of that, you know I don't really like to talk about this, so why are you bringing it up? And y'all, if this was anybody other than Jesus, or in our case today, somebody sent by Him, it'd be kind of wrong. It'd be kind of messed up because there's nothing you can do about it. Now you're just opening old wounds for no good reason, except there's something Jesus can do about it. See, the first thing that has to happen in our walk with God before we see things change is there has to be repentance. If we've got sin in our life, we've got to get that straight. And so what we see Jesus do is point out her sin so that she can act on that. This woman was probably considered a bit of an outcast because of mistakes that she's made in her life. Imagine how people treated her. Imagine imagine how people are treated today in 2021. We're all supposed to be more aware and and understanding of all these challenges and, and things like that, but we're not. We can be just as critical and just as hurtful today as I guarantee you they were in this time frame. This woman had had five husbands and she's living with someone out of wedlock. Y'all, even though these people were considered by Jews to be less than human, these people still followed the true God. These people still worshipped and, and, and they followed tradition and ceremony. These people were not heathens. So imagine how in, in, in the context of her interacting with the normal people every day, imagine what it was like for her to go draw water when all those other women were there. You know there was the little side eyes and the, the little whispers and the little name calling. There was all of that stuff going on. The little, little remarks that just you know are not direct, but you know what they're about. All of that stuff was going on. She said, you know what, I'm just going to go at noon. (laughs) Nobody else wants to go then, I just want to go. Maybe there's somebody here today that's had some similar occurrences like that in your life. Maybe you've done things that make you an outcast. Or would if people knew about them. I need you to see something today. If that's you, I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to give me that little <laughs> nothing. Keep it to yourself, that's fine. But I need you to see something. None of that. None of the wrong in her past. None of the things that she 
had been labeled with by society. None of that. All the hurt, the pain, the brokenness, the rejection, none of that caused her to miss out on the goodness of God. Jesus made an appointment to meet her at the well. He went out of his normal way. Y'all understand, the well in Sychar in Samaria was not his destination. Where was he going? He's going to Galilee. But he said, I got to go. I know that's where we're going, but there's something along the way that's important. He made a special appointment there for this woman. She is not missing out on the goodness of God. So I don't know about your condition. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what people have done to you. And not to make it sound like I don't care, but none of that matters. Because God loves you. Some of us would look at it and say, and especially in our society today, well, that, well, that disc, no, you can't, not anymore. Mm-mm. I know that was a horrible sentence. But there's certain things in this world, y'all, that just disqualify you. Well, you've, you've done that now. You can't undo it. You're disqualified. I want you to see this. In verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This woman that had nothing but shame was about to do something different. In verse 25, it says, The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Skip down to verse 39. It says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me all that I ever did. This woman that was so ashamed of her past that she went to get water in the hottest part of the day was now acting like an evangelist. Y'all, there's some stuff that happened there that we don't know. There's some stuff there that were not spelled out for us, but I think we can come to a conclusion today pretty easily. 
She goes and she tells everyone about what Jesus has done. In verse 39, it says that many believed in him because of her testimony. Now, was that testimony simply that, hey, this guy knows my past? What was the testimony? Just like today when we have a testimony, it's about the goodness of God, what He has done in our life, how He has set us free, how He has healed us, how He has restored us, how we have been relieved of a burden and been able to walk in newness of life. That is what a testimony is about. It's about what Jesus has done for you. And this woman left her water pot that she had already walked all that way with to get water and said, I don't even remember I was supposed to be getting water. She left to go tell somebody. There was something that happened in this woman's life that had nothing to do with Jesus told me about my past. He must be the Messiah because He knows everything. No, (laughs) y'all. She goes on a mission telling people about this man. What did she go about telling people that was so great? It had to be something great. Because in verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in Him because of what she said. They hadn't even met Him yet. Come on, (laughs) right? It must have been good. She hadn't even taken him yet to introduce him, which she does, and then more believe after they've actually met him face to face. But but there's people believing before they even get that far. Y'all, how do we... How do we go about testifying? We, we te- when God does something in our life, we share it with people. Something happens, doesn't it? We, we see a little spark of faith begin to ignite because we share about what God has done. This woman had now received something at that well that she didn't go seeking. Think about that. Because you may have came to this church today not seeking what you're going to get. You may have came to this church today with some preconceived notion or ideal of what was going to take place. But right now, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is speaking to you and telling you something that you didn't think you were coming for. Just like this woman at the well who carried this water pot and it was a one-way trip for that pot. Did she ever remember, oh, where is my water pot? I know that's weird. But I say that because, y'all, when God does something like what happened with this woman, you forget about all that other stuff for a moment. That that is no longer the thing I need to be doing right now. Right now, i got to tell somebody. Right now, i got to go share with somebody about what he's done in my life. 
Think about this. Think about where this woman was and how she felt like people thought of her. And what is she doing now? Instead of hiding at noon at the well, she's walking around the city telling folks, y'all got to come see this guy. He has changed my life. The fact that she's talking to people and telling them about Jesus is evidence of that. All of that shame was gone. I believe this woman was saved, healed, restored, and set free. Just wanted some water. She just wanted some water, y'all. How many times in your life have you just wanted to do or get or whatever? I just need this. I just need this. Meanwhile, inside there's turmoil. Inside, there's brokenness. Inside, you are in what, what some might call a dearth. Right? A, a dry, barren place. There's just emptiness. Think of the desert where, where very few things can even grow. It's just dry wilderness. There's no sign of life. Maybe that's you today. And I just need to get some water. and just i got to go do this and do that. Y'all, Jesus wants to meet you today. And you may be sitting here saying, yeah, I know Jesus, I'm saved, I've been a Christian a long time, that doesn't matter. He still wants to meet you at the well. Come to the well. Come to the well. Why is that such a big deal? Because sometimes you need to go to where He is. She didn't know He was there, she didn't know who He was, but she went to the place Jesus was. Sometimes you've got to just say, you know what, I'm going to go about doing my day, but I just need to meet Jesus. I need to get where He's at. And y'all, if that's you today, I don't know what God is speaking to you and saying to you right now in your heart, but what I do know is that if you are today in need of healing, restoration, salvation, being set free from bondage, whatever it might be, you come to the well and you get the living water that Jesus provides. Only He can provide it. Only He can provide it. And you say, well, it's too late for me. No, it ain't too late. You see, the things that's happened to me, the things I've done, that disqualifies me. Does it? Because what we see here is a woman that was disqualified by society. She was outcast. She was kicked to the curb. The people didn't want to be around her, and she didn't want to be around them. All of a sudden, the tables have turned, and she's the one leading people. She's the one bringing people to Jesus to find it. So does it really disqualify you? I want to challenge you for a moment to just forget what society says. Forget about what people say. And I don't care who those people are. If they're just strangers or if they're close family, I don't care who they are. Forget what they say. And listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you as He draws you today. 
that thing that seemed hopeless, that thing that seemed it's done, it's over, there's nothing I could do, I'm just going to get water. Today's the day that you can lay all of that aside and find what it is He has for you. Brother John, will you come and play this morning? Would you play that song, Oh, What a Savior? Y'all, as he plays this morning, I want you to take a moment and, and just bow your heads. Y'all, I'm not going to make a big deal out of none of this, but listen, I, I believe right now, I sense the, the, the tension, the struggle in my spirit right now. And I know, I know our enemy, y'all. Oh, I know him too well. Y'all hear what I'm saying today. Please just tune everything out and hear what the Lord is saying to you. I know our enemy. And he would have loved nothing more for that woman to not meet Jesus. He would have loved to keep her beat down and suppressed and robbed and beaten and raped and stolen and, and, and just everything rejected completely. He would love to keep her right there because he is a liar. He is our enemy for a reason. He wants to do you harm. But I also know my Savior. Jesus met that woman there to restore her, to heal her, to set her on the path that she could go about doing the work of the kingdom of God. All of the things in her past melted away. You know what? She still had that in her past. It still existed. It still happened. It's not like it was uh, uh, everything was just erased and there was no memory of it. There were probably still people that were going to talk about her. But she had something new in her. She had a victory in her that she didn't have before. She had a healing and a cleansing that she didn't have before. She had newness of life that was like a well springing up into a fountain, overflowing. To the point that when she encountered people and told them about what Jesus did, they began to believe in Him. Maybe that old enemy has lied to you and said there ain't no way you could ever be used by God. Look at what you've done. Well, I'm here today to be testimony of that to you. I have broken Him, His heart, so many times with my sin. But every time He picks me back up when I repent and turn back to Him, and He restores me and makes me new again. He fills me with His Spirit and gives me an anointing to go about doing His work. And I'm here today to tell you that it doesn't matter what is in your past. Put it in the past. Turn to Him today and and seek and receive what it is He has for you.